Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo decoded report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestion, endo aligned product matching in your state, suggested dosage guidelines, and optimum methods of administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeka soft gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeka Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. What's up, everyone? It is 3 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon, which means you're tuning in for Cannabis Legalization News. I'm producer Lauren, and today we're going to be joined by Melissa and Dre from South Dakotans for Better Marijuana Laws. They're going to tell us about the two measures that they have going on on the ballot. It's going to be here in November, so let's get right into it. Hey, Melissa, Miggy, Dre, and Tom, what's going on? Happy Sunday. Happy, happy Sunday, Sunday, everybody. Yeah, happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. All right. Well, let's dive in because uh, South Dakota... I was trying to think of what the name of the, the, the nickname for the state. Like, we're in the land of Lincoln. I just did a video on the Sunshine State. Uh, Mingy, what's Washington State's, like, little motto thing? Evergreen State. Evergreen State. Okay. What is uh, what is South Dakota's motto? It is the Sunshine State, isn't it? No. Uh, that's Florida. That's Florida. 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 All Actually, right. Well. I believe right now we are considered South Dakota is what we're on the national <laughs> South, South Dakota. South Dakota. Well, to That's celebrate South Dakota, I, I decided to put myself on Mount Rushmore. If only it was so easy for Trump to do. Uh, now, you guys have a great organization, and it's called South Dakotans for uh, Better Marijuana Laws. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Why don't you describe us a little bit about your organization? Well, um, South Dakota, South Dakotans for Better Marijuana Laws is the umbrella organization uh, that is essentially sponsoring both Amendment A and Initiated Measure 26. So our, we have two initiatives, but the, as I said, the umbrella organization that, uh, that sort of pays the bills is South Dakotans for Better Marijuana Laws. Excellent. And so it is a ballot initiative state. Do you have to amend your constitution? Uh, we are on uh, amendment a um initiate measure 26 as melissa will say will tell you is a statute but uh but amendment a is a constitutional amendment and we're we're doing it as a constitutional amendment simply to protect it from the the uh, greedy hands of the legislature speaking uh, of the greedy hands of the legislature i just got done with a florida laws uh, uh episode so likes and subscribes if you want to tune in for more florida law stuff uh that'll be coming out this week uh, and then also the amendments and the greediness. Uh, 
how have you drafted the amendments language to provide for uh, the legal cannabis industry to come to South Dakota? Oh, do you want me to answer? No, no, oh, Melissa, ahead. take it. Absolutely. Okay. So we drafted, it's interesting how these are structured. Um, I am 26 is drafted to be a complete in state uh, industry. We drafted it so that to be part of South Dakota's cannabis industry, you have to be from South Dakota. Um, that was one thing we were really adamant about doing is to ensure that our state and our people are the ones that get to participate and it's not monopolized by people that are currently doing that in other states. Um, unfortunately, and fortunately, I do work in the industry, so I travel frequently for work and I've seen what these companies will do when you get like a giant publicly traded company that will come in and it'll smash all your Truly. small producers. Yeah. 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 Yep. But don't so they have, oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was just saying though, even, even though you put like these uh, barriers for uh, just the local people, to, can't they still, like they always do say, Hey, local person, here's a hundred thousand. Now we own 49%. I mean, they still have oh. the power of it, but they're still, but you're still going to have big players coming in no? Probably, but we did make it so that that first principal officer has to be a South Dakota resident and they have to be a voting member. So not no in name only. So you have to actively sit on your board. You have to have a place at the table. What so it the, was. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you were. Uh, I was going to ask for the ownership I'll, percentage because like, great. I love that the South Dakotans are going to be able to have some generational wealth coming to them this fall if they legalize it. But how much uh, uh, of the pie of ownership for these organizations that are coming to South Dakota would have to be a voting South Dakota resident? We'd like to see 100 percent. But one of the things that we do know is that the South Dakota legislature will do some finagling to make it more beneficial for them, which is why we have Amendment A. So Amendment A has stipulations in it that go for industrial hemp, adult use, and then it has this really sweet little paragraph that says, once Amendment A passes, it will absorb IM26, our medical program, and make it so the state does not have the right to change it. So they cannot change the intent of the bill. We've had a real problem in South Dakota uh, with passing progressive um, ballot initiatives and then have the legislature gut them. Um, one prime example was in 2016, we passed uh, the South Dakota Anti-Corruption Act. And within a few weeks, literally within a few weeks, the legislature uh, gutted it. Uh, they didn't like it. They thought the restrictions on them were just too harsh. So they, and we also had campaign finance reform in it, which is hard to believe we could pass that in South Dakota, but we did. And the legislature uh, eliminated that and they gutted the rest of the provisions. So by putting a, a Amendment A together and protecting Initiative Measure 26, we make it so that they can't get at it. They can't, the legislature cannot change the Constitution on its own. So that that's the, uh, the genius, if that's the right word, uh, for Amendment A. Okay, so if they can't change the amendment and we want more businesses, especially the South Dakota-owned businesses, to come to the, the great state of the Badlands, um, how, what type of licensing structure will you have? Is it going to be a vertically integrated structure or is it going to be horizontally integrated? Great question. We did it. So you can do complete vertical integration at 5000 per level. So 
it will start out, you can do your cultivation, your distribution, your dispensary, all processing, extraction, all of that. You can be integrated from seed to shelf, but you're going to pay for each level of that. That is great. And that's one of the problems that they're having in states like Florida, where their amendment is written in the disjunctive. But then the legislature came in and said, no, no, you have to do all of them. And so uh, the people said, we want to do any of them. And then the legislature goes, no, all of them. And so I was wondering if you were worried that the, the South Dakota legislature would try to squeeze out any uh, of the mom and pop or the Main Street businesses by requiring a vertical integration to, to be able to qualify for a cannabis license. No, it definitely, we do not want them because I'll be honest, I'm going to participate in an industry, but I only want to cultivate. I have no interest in anything else. Um, maybe 10 years from now, I might want a dispensary, but I don't want to have to hold multiple licenses to do one thing. And so we didn't want to do that. Um, Amendment A, I think a lot of people don't understand what it does is it requires the South Dakota legislature that if they want to change either one of these, they have to take it back to a vote for the people. They have to put it back on the ballot and they have to let everybody in the state of South Dakota vote on changing them. So what we've done is created a safeguard. I call it the armor, the medical armor for our patients. Yeah, you mostly you did mention the medical. So you guys do have medical then. There is a medical program already there. That's what I am twenty six is. It's amazing. The so currently, right now, as we sit here in South Dakota, there is no industry. That's There's correct. nothing. Yep. And Can you guys fa- even have uh, smokable hemp flour? Anything? Nope. And it's a felony in our state to ingest. So every time I step off a plane when I'm out of state working for weeks at a time, um, the minute I hit South Dakota soil, I'm a felon. Yeah. <sighs> What's so, the barometer? I, that, uh, yeah. I do like the the ability to go to Rushmore without having to become a felon, uh, <laughs> and and that is nice because nope, not in Illinois. And that's one of the things that I mean, Miggy and I will talk about how when we're traveling amongst other states, it's like man, you just feel so much better when you get to a state where you know you're not a criminal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, technically, on Rushmore, you're always a criminal because that's federal land, right? True, but in. But- but in South Dakota in general, what's the barometer as far as like the attitude towards cannabis people in, in general? I mean, I, I know it's a predominantly staunch area, but even the staunchest of people like McConnell, I mean, of all people, mm-hmm. you know, help legalize hemp. I mean, the the, the, the dark emperor. How, how does that work? I mean, what, what, why are there so much resistance up there? Well, in South Dakota, we're, we're, we have the dark. Out, we're going to find out whether how much resistance there is. I mean, we believe that we're going to be able to pass medicinal and we believe we're going to be able to pass amendment a as well. It's going to be close. Medicinal is, I think is going to fail to be honest. Uh, adult use is it's going to be closer. Um, but uh, we polled uh, a year ago and uh, the polling was, uh, was convincing enough nice. that uh, we decided to, to come in and, and uh, take a run at it. And I, I think if I had a gun to my head and I had to be right, I would, uh, I would say we're going to pass amendment a as well. I, should be, uh, I was going to be like, well, that's that's fantastic. And then I was going to ask, what's the polling data that you're seeing out there for because you're doing both of them. You're going for medical and recreational. This is going to be historic. This is like Missouri was trying to beat you. Got Well, Missouri was trying to join you guys by getting on the ballot to be the quickest yeah. state to go from medical to legal. 
in two mm -hmm. years. And so uh, what South Dakota is set up to do is become the first state in the states of all of them to go medical and adult use at the same ballot. So right. uh, let's talk about how the polling's looking for first the medical and then the uh, the adult use. Well, we haven't polled for it for a year. Um, and we, uh, I don't think they would be very happy if I uh, got into the specifics even of a year ago. But I can tell you that it was positive enough for both uh, that the that, uh, Marijuana Policy Project uh, decided to, to help fund uh, this, this initiative. And we're also funding it, obviously, uh, locally as well. Um, Melissa has been working on this issue on medicinal for many years. Uh, this is the first time we've taken a, a run at uh, at adult use in South Dakota. It's kind of neat. So this is like the the medical activist side of it and the the recreational logistics side of it, and then mm -hmm. you guys just kind of meet each other and join forces to create one great big law. Um, yeah. But you would think too with the polling, I mean, it just seems for the past at least seven years, polling has been positive for cannabis nation nationally. So like. I mean, just to assume that, like, what, do we just skip South Dakota? I mean, what happened? Like, overall, there's got to be a good positive attitude there, I think, as citizens. There is. Um, what happened was, is we attempted, so 26 has been legislatively sponsored in its entirety twice. So we've debated, we've went to the table with Department of Public Safety, the governor's office, um, Department of Health, the DCI. We've sat down with everybody and said, okay, you hate what we're doing, but what can we do to make this less of a contentious conversation where can we bring this together and they it's funny now that we're on the ballot and we're working towards this gigantic vote in november they haven't come out in opposition to us yet they've made some small comments and did like a public statement but nobody's come out swinging because we gave them everything they asked for um did you give them the tax dollars they got yeah. the tax dollars they, they like got a that they did, and we made an independent board for the state to manage the program, and they asked for a seat at the table. And before I told them that they were so disrespectful, we weren't going to give them a seat at the table. And then we sat down, and I quit being a brat because sometimes I just want to dig my heels in and not move. And I moved, and I gave them a seat at the table. We expanded it out, put the attorney general's office in there and the DCI and law enforcement and said, okay, we gave you a seat at the table. Now it's time to stop fighting. And they're very quiet. It's, you know, it's very quiet in South Dakota right now. It's eerie almost. Um, well, which, isn't it always very quiet in South Dakota? Correct me if I'm wrong. There's, there's 800,000 people there. No, it's when it comes to politics, everybody screams here. Everybody. Well, is that because they're nothing. so far away? They're like, Hey, Gus, <laughs> fuck that issue. Opie, you cannot have this. That's more where they go. But no, South Dakota. Oh, shout out to the MPP, though. That's really sweet of them for coming in and like stepping up. And they've really changed a lot of laws over their 25 years. And I hope that this is one of them. Let's talk about how uh, let's go to a, a fantastic time in the future. Call it November 5th of this year. And both of them have won. What does the landscape look like if I want to open and I am from South Dakota, Yankton, South Dakota, let's say uh, a dispensary? You would have to apply for a license with the state. You would have, I always tell people, because people come to us now and ask us, what do I need to do? I tell people right now, start having conversations with your community, the county that you Absolutely. live in, the city you live in. That's right. Because that is who, what I did do is I also wrote the bill. So 
Um, I work in California a lot and I have a friend that lives in Cisco County, which is a dry county. Everybody is probably aware of that. Well, it's California, flip a coin. Uh, that's the <laughs> yeah. chances that it's a dry county. Yeah. Well, where my friend lives, they were dropping people's greenhouses off the side of mountains last year. Oh, fuck. That's just property destruction. And yeah. uh, now, of course, how, because uh, if you are in California and an operator, uh, you may or may not have your papers in order. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So in South Dakota, they can't have a dry county. They can limit the number of licenses they give out, but they cannot create a dry county. So I tell everybody, start having conversations with the people around you in your community. Um, I live in a really red community and where I want to cultivate is kind of in town. And so I've been having this conversation for about six months with people and just what kind yeah. of red does South Dakota red look like? Because the I think the liberals and the, the conservatives, you know, and one for some reason is team blue and the other one's team red. Uh, they they have different philosophies depending on what state we're in. So, like, I think the reds out in, like, Washington and Nevada and Colorado are more like the libertarian free, like, personal freedom reds. And then the ones that are more in, like, Illinois and um, New Jersey and the East Coast, are, they're, they're like the moral smugness uh, type of reds where it's like, Good people would never. I can't. Yes. I am going to tell Jesus I see him every Sunday. You know. <laughs> Welcome so, to South Dakota. The okay, soil just, bleeds just so red here. Yes. Right. Uh, well, we do have a, we do have a libertarian streak, particularly in the western part of the state. Mm. Um, there, it's, it's very Republican, but it, it's also fairly libertarian in many attitudes. More, much more so than in the uh, eastern part of the state, East River. Uh, where you the people are a little bit uh, the Republicans are a little bit more like what you just described as Illinois, I think. But well, on the west side of the state, they're all mountain people. Mm. The mountain people, it. though, aren't they? Wouldn't the mountain people be like, "Well, I need that hemp for my uh, my 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 pain," you know, like because they're trying to be self sufficient. They don't want to buy Advil. I got well, weed out there. That's why I got the Hindu Kush strain. Exactly. And they tell us we do uh, outreach programs through Outvote right now. And I had a gentleman text me back last week and he's like, I'm a libertarian. I'm voting yes, but leave me alone. That's <laughs> right. Like, That's just right. Go away. He's just like, basically saying, how's the homegrown situation? We'll get there. Very okay, good. Cool. We got homegrown. I, I can buy one less gun. Yep. Um, so uh, what about medical homegrown? Is it going to be adult use homegrown or medical homegrown? Oh, this is a fun conversation. So <laughs> let me give you a little history. I was here first doing all of this stuff with medical. So our medical bill came first. And then MPP came in a year and a half ago and said, well, we're going to come to South Dakota and we're going to fund adult use. And I'm pretty sure my head spun around a few times and I was like, excuse me, you're going to come to our state and not do medical? Like, why would you not do medical? Yeah. So. They were going to come do home grows or not home grows, um, adult use. And I was like, okay, well, everything that medical needs, we're going to write into it. So we have home cultivation. Um, we wrote it really kind of neat. So you have to have a three plant minimum, but we didn't put a plant maximum or we're going to just let the federal law or the federal maximum apply here. Um, I put a caregiver program in there to allow people that wanted to use their plant counts to have somebody grow for them. And then we have a dispensary model. Um, I basically took every single piece of legislation and ballot initiatives been wrote all across the nation. We picked out all of the pieces that worked, took out pieces that didn't work, and we put them in the bill. It's actually 95 sections long, 25 nice. pages. 
Melissa, you're a, since you're a, a medical advocate and you're doing you had the medical presence there in, in, in South Dakota because you know I, as we talked before I've driven through that place I know it's very staunch and there's very mm-hmm. uh, negative people but again it's America it's it's a it's a place where me as an American shouldn't be afraid to just show up and do whatever and uh, uh, the fact that you love this place so much you're like you know what I'm gonna bring these guys marijuana we're gonna have that conversation and do marijuana things you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the medical is where it usually starts from for all states, yeah. you know, and you guys are going with this one, two punch and like, look, we're going to start, you know, you have two conversations there. There's the wellness conversation, which it'll benefit an aging staunch, you know, constituent. And then there's the recreational side of like, Hey, if people from out of state can visit, cause you have beautiful country, yeah. you know, and Absolutely. it's beautiful. You know, yeah. So Camping is an option. And you can drive 80 miles an hour down this hi- the highway, right? <laughs> I know. And yeah. you can read all of our liquor billboards that tell you you should definitely drink Lord Calvert while shooting pheasants in South Dakota because it's the best idea. That is America right there. That That's, is America. Uh, wait, you're telling me to be drunk, speeding down the highway, shooting at birds. Yes. Well, I got a place to Kel- wait. No taxes, you know. How's the tax situation in, in South Dakota? Is there basically nothing? Well, there's no we, income tax, yeah. Uh, no, and no we have money. the largest. Well, we have a very we have a population that has swollen quite well. Largely. Yeah, but I mean, like, again, when you have a population of 800,000 and you go up by 50,000, it's statistically a huge dent. But in like a Florida goes up by like 200,000, it would still probably be proportionally less. I mean, so it's. Yep. Tom, you would know this. Is hmm. South Dakota, the place where all the credit card companies are based out of. Yes. A lot, yeah. Just, and, well, it has to do with the law. Favorite. Yep. It's a. It's a. I mean, there's money in South Dakota. As, as oh, no. low population as it is, it's the the millionaires and these guys you got to approach who own sixty acres or eighty acres. You know, the ranchers and we just know. need like one of them to be like a weed snob and move in, and mm-hmm. just just get all his buddies that are shooting the pheasants. Uh, on board with it. And they'll be like, wait, yeah. we can make how much money on this? But then you have to be careful because then they'll try to like squeeze out and create monopolies like they do in other states. Absolutely. So one of the ways that we combated that in Illinois is license caps. Have there been license caps built into your guys' legal, uh, your, your medical or your uh, adult use? We did not put them in there. What we did do, and adult use has it too. They are not able to make a dry county, but they can limit the number of licenses. So every county will have one, but it doesn't mean every county is going to have 500 of them. They may yeah. only have five. Yeah, are that- two different licenses? What? Med- medical and recreational, are they two different licenses? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we are trying to create two paths forward. Um, I've watched states like Washington and Oregon absorb their medical programs after adult use has come. And then we are passing taxes back to patients that can't afford it. And so... When MPP came in, you know, we had a lot of really great conversations about moving together on the same path, but with two different directions. So we get adult use and we also get medical. Adult use is where our taxes are. Medical, we have no taxes for our patients. We pass them all back onto the business and the licensees. Yeah, we still we tax our, our medicals in Illinois, but we allow for medical home growth. Maybe correct me if I'm wrong. So does Washington State. So as long as they allow for safe access and if you allow medical home grow, uh, the price for access to a patient just plummets. It just drops off a cliff. 
And yes. that is, that's important. And so if you want to have access to an, an adequate supply of premium cannabis, great, go for it. But don't get in the way of the guy who's trying to grow his medicine. Sure, you don't have to smoke his stuff, uh, but yep. at least let him have it, you know, or her. Yeah. And it's important for people, especially those who make their own consumables for like our cancer patients. Mm. You know, if you're buying consumables through a dispensary, you're spending a lot of money. It's a lot of money to keep a cancer patient comfortable. RSO is yep. expensive. Our, that stuff's very like expensive. 60, 80 bucks a gram in Illinois. A gram. Yep. Oh. Yeah. And you can make it. What's it? Go ahead. What was your question? I was just, I was just gonna ask, what's the expectation, though, for like stores? Do you expect to see like one store having both medical and recreational? Or are you going to have like single? Because it just seems to be like, the startup, like someone's saying, okay, I'm gonna open a store today. And it's gonna be medical, medical only. Well, I don't think the funding will be there. The 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 ability because the, the patients, right? You're gonna have the, the needs. So, uh, yeah, what is the expectation? I see them opening together, much like Colorado's to have when you can go in and you can buy either on the adult use program or you can buy medically. You know, it's just a matter of you know adjusting those taxes for the patient. So I do foresee that. That's what I envision with both programs is that if you open a dispensary in South Dakota, you're selling the same products to, in both markets. Which, same here. Same. I mean, they, Mickey, do they still have medical uh, retail in Washington state or is it just medical home grow basically now? So the medical here is so fucked up. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. just, you know, yeah. uh, first there's, the, there's the, 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 for the, for the growers to call themselves medical. There's a program for that, and there's a requirement for testing for that. And then that's the growers themselves deciding that this is the steps I want to be to be involved in the medical field. And then uh, uh, there are some markets, right? There are some people growing and doing markets, but there's not many. I only know two. Back when it was prime medical days, there was 10 within a 50-mile radius. Yep. And that's markets. You know, we had a 1,000 dispensaries. Uh, 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 medical dispensaries at the time, and now I think we're in the hundreds. So uh, there's an imbalance, but with the recreational, what I see too is always you're going to have the big money, right? No one likes the MedMen, the Trulies, the the Walmarts, the Amazons. Yeah. You know, we don't want this shit, but these guys are funding the recreational shit that's going to help. Uh, uh, Bless you. You know, get you through yeah, the medical. Alluded to me. THC <laughs> makes me sneeze. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was on a tangent. I'm I'm smoking some uh, infused here, right? So. Well, that was one of the interesting things that I was just listening to about the lineages, about all the uh, different types, and how haze really wouldn't be necessarily a strain that people would grow commercially today, uh, because there's too much of that corporate greed. Where the the people don't really understand the industry that much. They're just like, oh man, let's go get a bag of weed and get high, uh, <laughs> more or less. And so uh, because of that, then they and no, it's not their fault. Imagine that um, wine was illegal, right, uh, forever. And so, like, you got to see wine, <clears throat> and you only had to have it once. That is, that is an injustice to wine, because how <laughs> many different freaking types of wines are there? There's so many different flavors and varietals and, 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 and grapes and, and methods of preparation uh, and, and climates. And it's the exact same thing in cannabis. And so there's some varietals like the haze strain. So I was like reading into the, the, the background of the haze strain, which was just fascinating. And then you're like, man, it would take nine weeks to flower. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe like you know, nine to twelve. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to do that. You know, and now they're going to try to get that sucker out in sixty days, eight weeks, seven if you can do it, and then um, you know, just clone it and and just try to hit print on something that really is as a life. You know, you you can, but you can, you go and you buy apples, and the apples, for all intents and purposes, are exactly the same. And uh, no. well, that the, the pile in in the batch. The pile and the batch are essentially all the same. But then like you have an apple and then you have a different batch of apples. There's so much variation. And so then by not having the ability to do the craft path where you can actually allow uh, Main Street uh, market. And, by you know, the middle market is a thing. Uh, the middle market yeah. is not Cresco. The middle market doesn't have a $2 billion market cap. You know, the middle market mm-hmm. is like 2 to $50 million. And if you just lock them out because you're, you're doing the vertical integration stuff, the culture is what suffers. The the people that are going to have access to high quality cannabis that would be true craft strains. Like you wouldn't want to homogenize this and try to just like churn it, you know? So that's awesome. I'm glad that you're trying to bake that in. And I wish we had better data on the polling. What are South Dakota? Yeah. Well, Um, and it's funny because we should have asked before we hopped on if we could share polling, but we're polling again. Good. All right, I can say that, can I? We're pulling yes, again. Can you, can you give us a uh, plus or minus margin of error? Um, we are just actually running polling. We had our last planning meeting for it on Friday. And I think the plan is to release some of it. See, this is why we have a political operative, because I'm a big mouth. I would have just told you. <laughs> <laughs> I know better. <laughs> I'm, confident, I'm confident that the poll is going to show us with a pretty good lead. But here's the question question is, is when there's a negative uh, attack made, then what happens? Um, I've seen these initiatives that are poll in the 60s. And when uh, the campaign comes against them, uh, you lose a lot of your lead. And I've, I've been on the, the uh, painful side of that. Um, but we'll be ready for them. Uh, the, we pretty much can sort of figure out what the attack is going to be. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident we're going to pass it. I really, uh, both of them, I really yeah. am. Trey, you're a political guy. So, like, being the political guy, I imagine you have, like, a dossier on each Congress guy in South Dakota that you got to deal with right now. What does their barometer look like? What are their attitudes on towards cannabis? At least medical, really, all of them, just negative. Just oh, yeah. It's, there's, yeah, there's no, uh, yeah, no, even the most progressive of them, to the extent that there's any progressiveness at all, they would be, they don't, they don't have the, 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 uh, the ability really to support cannabis because they would lose their Republican nomination. Frankly, mm-hmm. that's the truth. They just don't know what they're talking about. That's the problem. They're turning down an industry that can provide good jobs to South Dakotans that yeah. can also provide good taxes and that can provide alternatives uh, to things that they're already buying that they shouldn't be buying, uh, which is great. Yeah. And, and, and then it could be entirely local, but uh, there you well, have right. prejudice and, have we have you figured out how to like how do you how do you address that prejudice where it's like it's weed bad people come on uh, duh and then what do you do? Well, earlier you had said the emperor of darkness. See in South Dakota, <laughs> we have the empress of darkness. Have you read about our governor? No. Oh, you definitely should. She beat us her? up over him. Who's that? Her. Um, <laughs> she would be that next. To, yeah. Like go to the side and put Trump there, and then oh, you can no. put our governor right there because she's oh my best, gosh, they're best buddies. So, so we're they getting this money on casinos. Um, <laughs> it's funny because it's true. It's true. You know, 
thing is, these politicians, these people, these they have no soul, no real connection to any of this. You know, she's only against it because she thinks her party's like a hundred percent behind her. But which, let's look at the pandering that just happened with uh, Giuliani and the the police um, re- recent uh, endorsement of Trump when he, when he's making fun of Kamala Harris for arresting people for smoking weed and this dumb motherfucker is making these little gestures like this, like he's making a reinforced Mm -hmm. solidified argument. And it's like, okay, we'll go with your argument there, buddy. But then that's the case. Let's legalize it everywhere. Let's not give a fuck. You know, I mean, why is this such a thing for you to pander to make a joke mock even while people sit in jail? It's horrible. Well, our governor did start a campaign to combat the meth issue in our state. Did you guys see it? Uh, it, no, no, it says meth. It's a national. We're campaign. on it. Oh, oh God, you guys were that campaign. We yeah. are that campaign. Oh. That's us. Well, and then also, we're on it. there, right? But yeah, she basically was the governor that was telling people that hemp and marijuana were the same thing. Well, the same that's thing. True. Hemp and marijuana true. are the same thing. It's cannabis sativa. One of them legally has a particular line in the sand that says this particular cannabinoid is not present. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. But she was telling people that this was the gateway. Hemp is a gateway to marijuana. And if we legalize hemp for farmers to grow in a field that they can't smoke, that we were legalizing marijuana by default. But again, we- the argument, uh, the fear mongering, if we legalize the gateway to what? Yeah. Right. We've, we've argued that, that uh, legalizing marijuana is a gateway, but it's a gateway to, to better roads, higher pay for teachers, uh, less, uh, many fewer opioid deaths, um, and on and on and on. Uh, that, that's the gateway. It's not, uh, it's not a gateway to... And in fact, the other part of it is that it's, if, you, if you're a kid, you can't get into... Uh, if you're under 21, you can't get into a dispensary. But you can find an illicit uh, dealer, and he's not even going to be necessarily selling you weed. He might be selling you methamphetamine or heroin or cocaine. So if you, if you really want to, if you're really worried about gateway drugs, you should pass Amendment A so people can just go and get weed as opposed to uh, have to deal with uh, these illicit drug dealers who will sell you anything. They're not checking IDs when a kid wants to uh, buy something. I mean, they're just not. And sadly... South Dakota in the last 30 days, we've had 11 overdoses. Three of them were deaths in the last seven days. Um, all kids. So I'm a mom. My oldest daughter is twenty, going to be 22 on Tuesday, and my youngest is 16. And these kids that are dying from these overdoses are right in my children's ages. So we had two 24-year-old gentlemen die of overdoses a week ago. Um, meth is a huge thing in our state, and we're spending all of this money like one in nine arrests in South Dakota are for marijuana. But, wow. you know, we have a felony for cannabis if you're arrested and drug tested going into jail. But we have all these people that are arrested on petty crimes going into our prison and court systems that are not drug tested for methamphetamine. They're never charged. We have no idea. They're let back drug out on tested the- for cannabis, but not for meth. Exactly. They're well, maybe the felony. cannabis taxes can actually fund the meth tests. So we We're can hoping. really try to address the meth problem. We're hoping to we'll put Narcan in every vehicle in the state. I mean, that's another, that, good, that's another good use. Yeah. And then giving them an opportunity to buy something besides meth. You got any weed? Nah, sorry. Got some meth. Yeah. yeah that's right. Exactly right. They didn't care. They're just trying to make a sale. Yeah. yeah no, plug. 
Not a yeah, candidate. Policy not alone. A tender, yeah. Yeah, the yeah, our, is the reason why you have a meth problem. Period. It's if you had legal um, weed, you wouldn't have as bad of a meth problem, I don't think. Well, that's true. I don't think Agreed. there's any doubt about that. That's right. Well, it's crazy to see how many of these people are in that 18 to 24 range that have died just in the last year in our state. And as a parent, that scares the shit out of me because I have kids. Um, we live in a tiny little town. My daughter's been to a party one town over with a population of like a thousand. And they came home and they said, Mom, they had a Skittles party. Oh. So basically, yeah. Middle of America, South Dakota, these kids were taking their prescriptions from their parents and putting them in a bowl on a table, and kids oh. were taking them. Like, they call them Skittles parties. And I'm oh, like, okay. I'm this from a is sheltered place. I, I didn't like, know what it was. They're eating Skittles. Okay. Oh, no. This is a lame South Dakota story. No. Wait, they were just like taking each other's pharmaceutical drugs from their parents? What if one of them, like, died? Oh, my God. Died. Yes. Yeah. That is an payment. And yeah. I mean, these like we need so much more in South Dakota for resources, like things for kids to do, and like we Seriously. can fund this. We can fund it, but they get into those parties where they're doing that, and then like meth isn't a big jump from banging down a bunch of opioids or some blood pressure meds at well, a party. That's the problem that I really didn't like with the opioids was like they go in there with their gosh darn doctor's gloves on and like their coat, and they're like, "Oh, Mr. Timpson, you have uh, something that hurts." Here, uh, no, no, no. The, they fixed opioids. They're no longer addictive. Here you go. And then uh, they hadn't fixed them. They had just lied and told the doctors they had. And so yep. then you have this huge opioid addiction. And then they find out that they can't get it anymore. And heroin is how much? Wow. Yep. It's pretty cheap. That's right. It's relatively cheap. I didn't think I'd end up here. You think I want to be here? No, they, they, they clearly don't. And so... Um, Having something that they could prescribe first, where it's like, oh, Mr. Timpson, uh, yes, yes, it's called Maui Wowie. You put it on your owies, mm -hmm. and then uh, if that does not work, we will we will try to mix up your <laughs> terpenoid profile. But I'm pretty sure that this one is what you need. That was uh, great. I yeah, have to but that. Then why <laughs> is that not the story that we have to deal with, as opposed to like how? And then now it just gets like worse. You're like, how many people have died of this virus? 170,000. Which ones? Usually the ones that are the most out of shape. God damn. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's uh, why are we treating ourselves badly? Why haven't, why hasn't this been like a frontline medicine for since like 1942 when they took it out of the pharmacopoeia? Yep. Yep. I did hospice care and nursing. Do you want me to go? Can I go, Jerry, or do you want to go? What's that? Do you want to talk or do you want me to talk? No, no, go, go. God, I did hospice care and nursing for many, many, many years. So I was in healthcare for 22 years. And I have sat and dispensed more doses of liquid morphine than I would ever want to count in my life. But I think that, I mean, if people don't like cannabis for a million other reasons, one reason that they should support it is for hospice care. We drug people out of their ever-loving minds to watch them die. We essentially decrease their breathing, their movement in their gut, all of those things through pharmaceuticals. We, we hasten their death. And in the process of hastening their death through controlling their pain, we cause them to hallucinate. We cause them to not be present with their families Cannabis has a space there, and it has a very big space. Um, being able to give a tincture instead of Roxanol, I think, would be 
probably absolutely life-changing for hospice families and adding some dignity and death. That was one of my big, big things with this is I really have great respect for the doctors and nurses that care for patients like that. But I have seen horror stories and, you know, we just can do better. It can be a frontline defense. It can be the first thing we prescribe instead of the last thing. But are there any studies? Have they, can they do, can they even get a study on this where it's like, cause that, that's a level of care that they're providing. That's a medical care. They did studies. This wasn't just invented. And so why hasn't, has that been studied? No, why not? Oh, because it's a federal crime. Why is it a federal crime? Racism. You gotta be fucking kidding me, right? Well, actually, uh, first off, it was racism. But then in 1969, Timothy Leary actually hired a good lawyer and they got it disqualified for violating your Fifth Amendment rights. Go on. But if you go back into the 1930s, it gets even more racist. And you're like, <laughs> so seriously, though, why is this still the law? Racism. It, it just did. Well, it's just this prejudice. And so like when I've already made up my mind, I don't have to fucking listen to you. And that's that's the 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 wall that the movement has just been hitting for so long. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you know, I want you to know that that's you. And so I try to explain this to, to people, uh, but there's just not that many people that I run into anymore that are against um, it's, it's, it's lawful regulated use, but I do live in a, in a legal state, you know? Yep. Yeah. Well, like well, and I've learned that you have to, until somebody has true skin in the game, or you can reach them on a level that they have experienced themselves, you do not get the understanding that you're looking for because we can beat racism into their head. We can talk about federal prohibition, but until you make it something that they can feel in their heart and they know suffering and they've seen it, that's when they understand. And I've had people, when I started this six years ago, I had people six years ago tell me to go fuck myself and legislator is that were shitty. And I had a legislator that passed around a photo of me that was taken for a magazine shoot of me fake smoking a joint. But those people have come back to me and said, my grandchild has seizures. My mother has cancer. Can you help me? So once skin is in the game is when they start to understand outside of, you know, those of us 90s kids that grew up and, you know, smoked weed when we were young. I mean, we understand it's not harmful. You're talking about the medical skin. They also have to realize there's the social justice, the equity skin, the one where if you make it right for everybody, as far as like, first off, a first option for wellness. I mean, let me have the chance to smoke a joint before I take a pill. Um, All right, cool. I didn't shit myself because the pill has this big disclaimer, a joint. I'm going to go pizza, you know, and then. uh, uh, But uh, again, the racism, when people, the hard part is trying to get uh, people who are already like, I don't have to listen to you. Like the fact that it's so passe that people can be like, um, no, it's just childish endeavor. No one's in jail for this. It's not hurting. You know, it's not a priority. It's not a priority for them because it's not you know, heroin. We can all agree heroin's not great. Like I don't say legalize heroin or let's create heroin dispensaries. But you but know, do you say like, hey, that pathway that we made like that just we bulldozed and paved right to you to be addicted to heroin through laws and we made yeah. a lot of money selling those those pharmaceuticals um are bad have they said that no hey, they don't give a fuck no yes next quarter man we it's have easier. some oh, we have yep 
we would love for you guys to come follow up with us in about three weeks because we have something in line with this conversation that we're going to release that we have done in South Dakota that I think is really important. And it's really important to see because it's a, this is a very racist state. It's a very predominantly native American state. And so Dre, you know what I'm talking about that thing. We should talk in a few weeks because we're going to make some. Is there a social equity component in the uh, ballot initiatives that are on, uh, uh, that are up that are seeking to legalize medical and adult use? There is not because it's a separate fight. It's a fight that when we have this conversation legislatively in January, sentence commutation and social equity and basically expungement are all conversations that needed to be had separate from this. Because if we put them in adult use and we put them in medical, then we're convoluting the issue and we're not able to really showcase how incredibly harmful and how many lives have been destroyed due to that. So it needed its separate spotlight. You can do a campaign like, hey, you racist ass. Legalization helps you too. I don't know. (laughs) I try not to be the bad one. I have Dre, who obviously hangs out with me when we do public things to make sure I don't get myself in trouble. (laughs) How many counties are in South Dakota? Dre? 67. 67 possible licenses then. Uh, uh, one per county, so that's not bad. No, that's not bad. And then, um, but hopefully the counties aren't like, well, we'll have one dispensary, but no cultivation. They might, right? Well, then you just make friends with your friend who cultivates, and you can. That's right. Do that's right. Do your little thing here. Really, I think the biggest license that's going to be up for grabs is going to be Sturgis. Yeah. Oh. I could yes. see that having one good day of business. Now, Sturgis, of course, is not just a day. Is it a week or more? A week. It's okay. a week. Like okay. week to 10 days. So, so I know. Can, that's cool. That right there, though, wait, Sturgis. Sturgis occurs in South Dakota. How do you have so many staunch assholes that are protecting their people? But they know clearly a thousand fucking bikers are doing this raping and pillaging of a small Seriously, town. you think them bikers aren't smoking weed? Come on. <laughs> Well, would you like the statistics for where we're at for felony arrests and money seized in the last week? Because last time I checked, it was like $70,000 that they had seized from them. And multiple felonies, um, DUI arrests, they kind of give us a running tally every day on our news. So let's see. You guys can keep going. I'll bust oh, yeah, in when that's, I got that's it. That's great because then uh, if it's multiple felonies, I mean, like, take one of those off the table and you're, you're going to probably get more tax revenue if you actually had those uh, cannabis sales be legal at Sturgis because I know that they would be buying them pre-rolls. They got to go right in. They got to ride out, you know? And so um, I, I just don't see why that wasn't on the table. That's too bad. Well, let's, let me tell you where we're at. So yeah. Sturgis is a tiny is a tiny community. It's this community that swells. It's named to, after a fish, right? No, it's a sturgeon. <laughs> sturgeon. So this year, just in Sturgis, Whoa. we have 106 DUI arrests, um, 161 miscellaneous drug arrests, 81 felony drug arrests, 822 citations, 2,240 warnings, 71,078 dollars and zero cents seized, seven vehicles seized, seven vehicles seized for drug possession, uh, 14 non-injury accidents, 30 injuries, one fatal and two fatalities. That's just from this week. 
And we're not done yet. Is Sturgis going on now? Yes, it is. That's why we have the running tally. So that Sturgis license, mm -hmm. um, my sister-in-law actually lives at the end of the main street in Sturgis and they leave for this week. But I'm like, I'm going to set up a freaking lemonade stand and sell pre-rolls <laughs> in your front yard. That's right. And so like, that's the thing. Sturgis sounds like a wonderful opportunity to make money for one week a year. And then that's it. That's because I mean, after that, you got nothing. All, everybody's gone. Right. Yes. Yeah. But here's the beautiful thing. If you are a biker headed to Sturgis from anywhere in the continental USA that has a medical card, you can come and purchase it anywhere in the state because Melissa wrote reciprocity into her bill. You got to pass that reciprocity on uh, yeah. first Tuesday in November. That's right. That's right. Reciprocity was important. So we could, you know, our tourism, people can come. We have great faces, great places, and great medicating spaces. <laughs> Dre, Melissa, thank you so much for coming on today. Where can we go to find, follow, support what you guys got going on at South Dakotans for Better Marijuana Laws? At sd2020.org. You can find everything you need to know on how to volunteer, get involved, donate, get a great shirt, all sorts of stuff for South Dakota. That's where all of it is. That's right. That's where it's happening. Awesome. Yes. We will throw those links in the description. Thanks again for coming on, and thanks for tuning in for Cannabis Legalization News, everyone. We will see you on Wednesday. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day, guys. <laughs>